Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. I like to approach it in the sense that, like, I just want them to have the best ber- version of me, like you said. And, and that, for me, that means being super engaged in my, in my job and seeing art and traveling and, and doing things with my wife. Hey everyone, welcome to Attentive Fatherhood on the Believe Podcast Network. I'm Bradley Hasemeyer. Each week, I bring you honest and hilarious conversations with men from all types of backgrounds. But at the end of the day, we all just want to be better dads. Hey, attempters, question. How does someone balance being the director of marketing for a major shoe company while raising two kids, two dogs, and being married to a social media influencer? Only Joe Peters can answer that one. But first, well, hey, dads, how was your week, huh? Currently. I'm rocking a COVID quarantine. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, that is right. Our entire family is COVID. I'm actually waiting to find out. I would be shocked if I do not have COVID simply because my one and a half year old got it. He passed it on to my daughter, my wife. They all went in and got tests at various times over the past two days. They all popped positive. I have been symptom-free, other than a runny nose. I don't really have much going on. My one-and-a-half-year-old was very feverish, was not sleeping well during the night, lots of coughing, uh, runny nose, lots of drainage. Uh, It was just, it was not great. I mean, you know, when your kid, like your young kid gets sick, it's already not great, but that was really hard to see. And then my daughter, she's kind of had like a sore throat and that type of thing, but nothing too crazy. My wife thought, she had COVID also because this felt similar to how her second vaccine went. We're both vaccinated, she and I, and they only now recently opened vaccines for younger kids. So neither my daughter and of course my son's one and a half, so he's not. But my wife said this felt like she was achy and all this kind of like after her second shot. So they went in, they all got tested. I have not been tested. Well, no, I have been tested today. I got tested, but I did the PCR, which is like a one to two day turnaround. So still waiting on that. So yeah, uh, and, and look, thankfully, uh, Kirsten's had kind of more of like what's like a sinus infection, kind of. Like I said, I've been asymptomatic, but we're abiding by the 10-day quarantine here. Ellis is out of school for her time, and just to be safe and to keep others safe and all that, you know, we've been very clear with communicating with the people around us. We live in an apartment, but there's lots of green space here in Fayetteville, Georgia, where we are south of Atlanta. And look, I am really glad this is happening now. A few weeks ago, we had uh, our production company, Kid Blank. That's me and my wife's production company. We have a new client that we brought on. We had a, a two two different day video shoot where everyone had to be COVID free and tested and all that just because that's what the client wanted. And, and so <laughs> if we couldn't be there, that would have been a problem. Then we had a, a quick turnaround to edit. And then I had to be in Vegas for SEMA, which you know, if you listen to the last episode, because I had to record on my phone in a Vegas hotel room. But anyway, uh, so that's what's going on with us. I know parent life can be complicated, and it is. I had two auditions that I had to cancel, and that was really tough because honestly, those things are pretty precious opportunities for work, so it can be really frustrating. And being sick is not, I'm not good at that. I, I find it hard to rest in these times. I'm just, I wanna be working. I wanna be shooting, I wanna be creating, I wanna be hosting. 
But I, I guess sometimes it's nice when there's an excuse like, hey, sorry, I can't respond to that email right now. Uh, my whole family has COVID. <laughs> and everybody's like, oh my gosh. I did still want to get this episode out to you guys because it's so full of great advice. And I, honestly, I barely had to edit any because Joe is such a rock star in a conversation. Real quickly though, don't forget to be following us on Instagram, Attempting Fatherhood, or as I typed it out here, at Matipaping Fatherhood. We are so close to 400 dads on there. We're growing this tribe, which is very exciting. Please share the show. That is the drive home the point. Share the show. It's literally the only way that we're growing this thing. Send a link. When you follow us on Instagram, you can share one of our posts. That's it. Boom. There you go. I'd like to thank you in advance. Okay, let's get to it. Joe Peters, he is the director of marketing for Vask Boots. Now, if you were in that 35 to 45 year range, which is me, you, you may think Vask and you may think of middle school and you may think of how all the cool kids had the Vask Sundowner. That was the boot worn by cool kids. Yes, everyone, some people were rocking Jordans, okay? But the people in my school wearing Vask boots, that was the ticket to social hierarchy. I mean, it just meant one thing. Being cool meant you had those boots. So that for me meant I did not have those boots. I'm sure I had some kind of Payless variant on there. I know I had high tech at one point, which were, which were fine. They were fine. Um, but when I, I had the chance to meet Joe at one of these like marketing pop-ups, I talked about that last week with California Cowboy. These brands come in, they show off some of their new stuff and met Joe. We just We just popped off right away. Uh, they sent me a few different boots and I rock them all the time in the rain, going for hikes, uh, whatever, whether it's just cold outside from the streets of Brooklyn to the trails of Fayetteville, Georgia. I love these things. They're super comfortable right out of the box. And so it was fun to get to talk to him and, and it's been fun following him on social and getting to know him a little bit better. Here are his dad stats. He's been married for about seven years. He has two kids, a son who's five and a daughter who's only 17 months younger which if depending on what time of year, that's three. But he also talks about how that whole thing happened. And then he's got two dogs. Did I say two dogs? I think at the beginning I said two dogs. Uh, he also talks about when they got married. They kind of weren't really thinking about kids. It was career first, a lot of travel. Um, and also a lot of the families they saw, the parents were kind of lame. They were kind of prisoners of their children and they didn't want that. So I appreciated his honesty talking about that. But then one day they met what he calls a really cool couple with kids that they thought, wait a second, they're cool and they have kids and they're neat and they're still living their lives. Maybe we can do that. And we talk about representation and how important that is for people who are uh, trying to get married, want to get married, want to have kids and, and all that. We, of course, talk about his dad, how his dad was really busy when Joe was growing up, but now is around practically full time to be with his grandson. And I asked him, like, do you feel resentful for that? So we talk about that. Also balancing life and work. He gives some real great encouragement there. If you're like me as a dad, that's not a simple thing to do, balancing life and work, especially if you work from home or you're in any kind of freelance or creative space where you've kind of always been at home and how important those things are that make you different, that make you, you, right? Like the hobbies you have, your interests, how those must still be in your life to make you fully ready to care for your family. He's got some great words of advice on that. He also talks about a 350-mile bike ride. What? I don't even drive that far. He's going to be on a bike with his friend. Uh, it was a week-long trip. That was He says that you know he's about to go on it, but clearly that was weeks ago. So you can check out his pics from that. You can follow him on Instagram, Hello Joe Peters. No, he's not here. That's his Instagram handle, Hello Joe Peters. See some of the pics from his ride, his super cute family. But you know what? This has been a really long intro. I just wanted to bring you guys up to speed and all the COVID stuff. But enough of me talking. It's time to hear how Joe Peters is attempting fatherhood. 
I, I do want to start off first by saying thank you, Joe Peters, for attempting fatherhood. Thank you for being here. Um, I have a I have a question for you. I googled Joe Peters. Just I want to make sure I've got the right Joe Peters. So we have Joe Peters glass. Are you an American functional glass artist? I no. you know I dabbled for a minute uh, when I lived in England in college. True story. But really, you know, yeah, yeah. And what kind of things did you make? I'm not sure it's appropriate for the show. Oh. Uh, no. You are wearing I mean, a tie-dye shirt well, with your I, long hair. It's a, it's, a, it's a phase, man. Uh, yeah, it's just a phase. Middle life. Yeah, middle life. No, I made like, I made like some, some bowls for the top of tables and such. Yeah. B-O-W-L-S bowls for That's the tops right. of tables. Nice. Um, right. Well, okay, here's another Joe Peters. Uh, this Joe Peters is Joe Peters music. Are you a musician? No. Not at all? Do you play any musical instruments? Uh, I played the piano growing up. Okay. Um, I, I had high aspirations to play the flute when, when, when you could join band. Uh, I really wanted to play the flute, and my mother told me I couldn't. And why was that? Are you too involved on the piano? Uh, I think my mom was fearful of the potential blowback that I might receive as blowback nice because it's flute i get it see what i did there uh as a young as a young 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 man in the midwest (laughs) choosing to play the flute um that said that said you know i i always could i could get back into it well you know ron burgundy was quite the yaz flute player so he and he had lots of respect he commanded respect you know and 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 it's funny you bring up ron uh first name basis I oftentimes get comparisons to Will, <laughs> Will Ferrell in real life. Yeah. Seriously, have people stopped you and been like, "Are you Will Ferrell?" Well, they don't like stop me and say, "Are you Will Ferrell?" Typically, people yeah. stop me and are like, "They'll they'll like speak German to me, assuming that I'm German." That's because um, you wear socks and Crocs. That's because you're yeah. you're, which That's is now much more of a thing. But had you been doing this, you know, five ten years prior, people would say, "Okay." He certainly, I worked uh, in LA, I worked at the Grove, which is like this big outdoor mall area. And there was a giant, at the time, there was a giant uh, Abercrombie and Fitch. And it was like one of their, whatever that's called, like you would know this, you're in merchandising, but like their key, what's that? Flagship. Yes, it was a flagship store. It had many, many shirtless men uh, standing out front, uh, buff and ready to go, ready to show you clothes that they weren't wearing. And you could always tell the Europeans because it was adults who had like three bags jam-packed with Abercrombie, and then they had on uh, socks and sandals. Sometimes Teva, sometimes Tiva, whatever. Sometimes uh, just some non-known brand. And that was, they would sit down at the table and the hostess would be like, Bradley, you're, you're, you've been sat at table eight and you're just like, oh, this isn't going to go well. This is, I'm getting a dollar off of this person. You bring up Abercrombie and Fitch. Did you, uh, I mean, I understand you Googled me. Did you call former like associates or college roommates of mine? Because how did you know that I worked at Abercrombie and Fitch when I was in college? I, I promise you, I did not do that. I wish I was that committed to this podcast to do <laughs> true background work on people or had a producer to hire to do it. You worked at Abercrombie. Okay. Were you on the inside, outside, shirtless, shirt on? What was your stat well, your status? This is probably gonna come as a massive shock, but I was not one of the shirtless 
Uh, what? Man. No, I was like. Hashtag dude, was, talent wasted. I was like, like uh, I ran the cashier. I was, I was like, <laughs> behind the, I did that. They thing. try. You were one step away from being behind the doors. You yeah. were like, they're like, just push Joe as far back into. People have already made the buying decision. Yeah. They're coming up, and now this guy won't stop them. Put him in the back room was always my <laughs> thought. They should just put me in the back room, and that was actually like Abercrombie and Fitch Corp got a really great deal out of that because. I was paid a very nominal wage there. Yeah. And I, and I spent double what I made. Oh, yes. That's the racket. That was like yeah. the the very, maybe not the very first because you had like Tupperware parties, but like that was an, a version of MLM. It was like, you're going to come and work for us. We'll pay you $8 an hour and you have to buy $3,000 worth of clothes. But you get it at 30% off, which yeah. felt yeah. so good at the time. I also got recruited to work there. So I'm like, I'm an 18-year-old college freshman walking across campus and a very, very uh, attractive young woman came up to me, something that had maybe occurred twice in my entire life. And <laughs> you know, she said, do you have a job? And I was like, no, I'm, like, I'm, I'm a freshman. I don't even have a car. And uh, she said, well, you know, you look like you could really fit in at a and F and I said, she called it A and F. I said, when do I start? <laughs> Which is great because you learned firsthand the power of marketing. And that is the Joe Peters I'm talking to today. The Joe Peters of marketing. How about that for full circle okay. of red wing shoes, Vask. Oh, and you should know, even though I'm indoors, yeah, I'm, I'm rocking my Clarion 88s. Oh, man. You know how to Those make- are my Vask throwback retro boots that uh, you guys sent me a couple years ago and have always loved. I have zero reason to be wearing boots at all this time of year, especially indoors. But because of you, my friend, I'm rocking them. I appreciate that. I appreciate that a lot, man. Of course. Of course. Um, so let's get into you other than your, your first careers as uh, an A&F. I've never heard it referred to that way, by the way. I love the insider element to that. Um, so let's talk about what your job is and then how that uh, overlaps being a dad. How does that relate to being a dad? So I'm the director of marketing with Basque Footwear, the outdoor division of Red Wing Shoe Company. Um, Vasque is, you know, the, the, the young upstart brand in the in the Red Wing family, we're coming up on sixty years old as a brand. So wow! Yeah, give you some context. Red Red Wing as a whole is a hundred and twenty year old brand. I hope oh I'm my gosh! Ballpark on that one. Um, but yeah, I that's do a, that. those are the shoes Christopher Columbus had on. Actually, that's when right. he came, that's how old it is. That's right. The the Pinta the sent. I'm, I'm not. Even yeah, the yeah. Nina, the Pinta, and the uh, OG Red Wing. Those were there the three go. names yeah. of the boats. There we go. Um, and yeah, I do that. I've been doing that. I've been, I've been at Red Wing Shoe Company for 10 years. Um, so um, well, the way I like to describe it is uh, I'm a dad first, um, nice. which is probably why you reached out to me. Uh, but I, yes. I, I, take the, I take the dadhood, the fatherhood very, very, very seriously. Um, and, you know, I work a lot at, at VASC. Um, but when I'm not doing that, I'm with the kids consistently. Um, 
and I and I love it. It's the best thing I've ever done. It's the it's the greatest thing I've ever I've ever. Do had you find yourself needing to incorporate marketing percent, um, principles on a daily basis to try to get kids to go somewhere or do something? Are, are you using any of your business school or or marketing management in there? Yeah. Yeah, every once in a while, every once in a while, I'll, I'll, I'll you know, kind of drop the breadcrumbs to, to where I want them to go. Yeah. A uh, little marketing psychology. Nice. Uh, but, you know, even the four-year-old, he calls my bluff. He knows what's going on. <laughs> Just, nope. Sorry, Dad. Not going to happen. Not I today. Know, I know what you're getting up to here, man. I'm not buying it. Uh, well, let's get into your dad's stats. Yeah, if you Googled me, I probably some some things probably came up about my wife and I because uh, my wife is a uh, uh, how do I describe her? Uh, amazing would be the first. Yes. Uh, uh, beautiful, intelligent. Her name is Kate. She has a brand called Wit and Delight, um, and I have uh, been married to Kate seven years, coming up on seven. Seven years. Yeah, I think so. I just assumed you'd been married longer. That's kind of interesting to me. All right, seven years. Yeah. I'd, Did you guys I'd, date I'd, for a long time? I'm going to have to go back and fact check that. Um, we did not date for a long time. We got married nine months after we met each other. Whoa. Uh, yeah. Yeah, we got married nine months after we met each other. Um, we then, for the first two years of our marriage... She was traveling all the time. I was traveling all the time. Right. It's when I used to see you all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For brand pop-ups and, yeah. and all the like in the field, big marketing yeah. moments, you had to be there. Yeah, and it was, it was IRL, right? It wasn't this business. Yeah, right, right, right. Chopping it up in, in lower Manhattan or whatever. Um, first two years, we did not spend two consecutive weeks together for two years. Um, Whoa. Yeah, at times, quite literally, airplanes, airplanes like crossing in the night. Did um, you know that going into it, or did that just like evolve? Like, hey, we're married. This is great. What's gonna? Oh, we're never gonna see each other. It kind of evolved, right? Like, Kate, Kate is uh, she she has her own deal. She's entrepreneurial. She right. Had a, a, a number of different projects that came up that took her away from Minnesota. We knew that I was traveling, getting into it, but um, it kind of evened the playing field because we were both gone a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but then on our two-year anniversary, we went to uh, we went on a two-week trip to Scandinavia, and uh, kind of the joke going in with my family and her family was we're either going to come back uh, <laughs> pregnant or divorced, and and uh, I just hoped that it wasn't both. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> gotta uh, take either or, but too, both would be too much. Be too much to handle. Let's not do that. Uh, so we came back. Uh, we came back very lucky. We, we were pregnant uh, wow. with, our, with our first and his name is August. He's five years old and, uh, he's a real go-getter. He's, he's, he's a wild man. Um, I love it. And then 17 months later, we had our second after August was born. We had our, uh, a little daughter named Bennett who we lovingly call and she goes by at school. She goes by birdie. Oh, that's cute. So we've got, we've got the two, the two children and then we have two dogs and, yes. uh, uh, Winnie and Pearl. And, uh, what else we we've effectively, uh, we've effectively called it quits on the kids because I went and had that procedure done. 
Okay. Uh, Were you kind of shocked, like how quickly you got pregnant again? I would imagine it was like, oh, yeah. uh, wait, what? Just 17 months. That's uh, okay. We're right back. We'll just keep, pull those diapers right back out of the closet. Yeah. Yeah. Very shocked. Uh, very, very shocked is a, an appropriate way. Uh, I'll tell, tell you a quick story about how that one, that one came to fruition. Um, we were, we were um, in Arizona for a family wedding. And August is at the time nine months old, right? So he's definitely like still a baby. Oh he's yeah, not through the night, I'm I'm pushing him up and down North Scottsdale Boulevard, like at three o'clock. In the <laughs> I morning. lived in Phoenix for a couple of years, so I, I know exactly where all this is. Yep. So we're doing that thing, and then we flew back home, and then Kate and I flew to Mexico for like a three day weekend, just and to get away, need a break. This was crazy. Let's grab a break. We hadn't, you know, that, that early stages of parenting, we were lucky enough to get down to Mexico. We did Mexico stuff down there, uh, had tequila, did all those yes. things. Um, and then we were on our way back to the airport in Cabo and Kate's like, we're late. And I was like, no, we're like two hours early from the airport. Trust me. We're on time. I fly all the time. I know how to do this. And she's like, no, I'm late. And I was like, what? How? how you, that <laughs> what? was fast. We yeah. were just here just a few hours ago. How could that yeah. be? How's this, how is this possible? And uh, beauty about Mexico is they've got pharmacies in the airport. So oh. <laughs> almost like Vegas when you land and there's like uh, roulette tables at the yeah. airport. You're like, something's wrong with this picture. Yep. Yep. So uh, we, yeah, she uh, found out she was pregnant in the Cabo San Lucas airport. <laughs> And uh, that was a pretty lonely ride home for me. We weren't sitting next to each other because it was. Oh cool. my gosh, that's like a, a scene from a movie. That's amazing. You you find out this amazing heavy news, and then you just go and sit independently. Yeah, yeah. We were booked by some brand or something, and yeah, and, uh, she was up here, and I was back here, and I I had a window seat. I'll never forget this. I was looking out because we had to connect through full circle Phoenix. Hey, oh, Sky, Sky Harbor. Shout yep. out. Great airport. Um, Friendliest airport in the world. I love it. And we, I was sitting on a window seat and I was looking out the window, just like in complete disbelief that this, that we're having another baby. Yeah. I feel like we just had one. And I was, still do have one at that time. It was like, not just, we just had one nine months is still have yeah, one. Yeah. Yeah. And I was looking out on the Baja and I was looking at the window and I was like, man, it'd be a pretty long jump. But you know, like I'm just, I'm like, wow. Oh my gosh! Reality in the face. And uh, anyway, did you guys uh, want more kids? It was like, let's just take our time, or was it kind of like one and done, and then we'll we'll figure that out, or how? You know, it's a really good question. You know, when Kate and I met, when we got married, she was thirty, turning thirty, and I was turning twenty-nine. So okay been married almost eight years okay there we go there we go i'll clean that up in the edit thanks bud uh and we like got married super driven in our careers and like weren't those people that got married and were like we're gonna have two kids a fence that is white in the backyard right we didn't have a plan um and you know we we hung out with our, our best friends um Nick and Dahlia Brew, local folks up here in St. Paul. 
had kids at the time and they found this way to like stay super involved like on the scene they you know they they kept fresh they were phenomenal parents and when we went to uh Scandinavia we were like well maybe we should do that too and we were lucky enough to uh to get pregnant like immediately wow. um so we were super blessed to to for that for that to happen for us um, and I think I think that talks a little bit about too the the encouragement there came from community. It came from witnessing it. You know, like people a lot of times talk about like you know the the importance of representation, and a lot of times people think that means oh you need a movie that's helmed by uh, an Asian woman, and so that so all Asian women can feel this way. But representation is across the board. It's I'm from a small town. Does anyone else in a small town make it? You know, I want to be a cool parent. Do I know any cool parents? Like you need to you need to see that. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Uh, you know, cause I think we, we, uh, we have just always, Kate and I have always just kind of learned, we've learned on the fly. We're learning yeah. how to build the airplane in the air kind of a thing. And, um, <laughs> and, and I mean, we've been just repeatedly so lucky, um, with, with the way things have, have gone for us. Um, but yeah, I would say like to see this other couple that we respect a ton uh, we love them so much to see them in such a fantastic balance between being a very present mom and dad and, 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 and being, you know, engaged creatively, professionally, et cetera, having a life yep. away from, from the kids made us kind of take that. Yo, you, yes, you, dad, it's time to start caring a little bit more about yourself. You're doing a great job keeping those little humans alive, but if your personal hygiene game is slipping, it's okay. The folks at Bird Hair are stepping up to help out. They're offering 15% off all of their products to Attempting Fatherhood listeners using the code BIRDAF. That's B-Y-R-D-A-F. So go ahead, grab some body wash, hair product, or shampoo. It's made in California using super clean and natural ingredients and every purchase directly supports attempting fatherhood. So, it's a win-win. Okay, back to the show. That's something that I've some of the dads have talked about on this podcast is this concept of they were really conscious to not lose themselves once they became a parent. Once you get married, it's it's kind of like you're still just like a human, you're not really responsible for anybody, but when you become a parent, there's a bit of a fear, A, I'll lose myself or B, I'll be that couple. It's like, we can't do anything now. We have kids. We can't go out to eat. We can't, we travel. We're not going to, and, and there's a like, oh, if that's what being a parent means, then I don't want it because that sounds horrible. And so um, I totally understand that concept of wanting to, you know, continue on. Kirsten said something early on. She's so good at, at uh, kind of like emotionally quantifying things, you know, that I feel and I know, but I just haven't thought to put into words. And one of them was, when we got married, we were, you know, we get married, Ellis is born, we're already a family moving along. We bring Ellis onto that train that's already heading down the tracks. We don't stop and move the train to another set of tracks and just like let this baby then sit on a throne and tell us what to do. And and for both of us being freelance in a, you know, in a similar way, especially with uh, Kate, you know, our, our schedule had to flex, our schedule had to change, but it wasn't going to just throw on the brakes. 
And the good thing about that is you've built so much life experience. You want to be able to imbue that to your kids. It's not like all of a sudden they're going to grow up and be like, so what did you do when you were 40? And you're like, raise you. And like, what? There's got to be more. Yeah, no, that's absolutely right. I mean, I, I think, you know, I was thinking I'd listen to a few of your episodes uh, to prepare you. myself for this. Uh, Excellent. Was- I interviewed none of your friends to prepare me for this. Yeah, yeah no, that's, that's good. Um, and, and I thought about, I thought about like my childhood, my childhood experience versus my children's childhood experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, just kind of comparing, contrasting, finding where there's adjacencies and where there's departures from that. And, um, man, I, I think like my dad, my dad worked a lot. Your parents were together or were they divorced or? Parents were together, still are, mom and dad, um, and they're the best. And uh, my, my dad worked a lot. My mom's a teacher, um, so we would go to school with her a half an hour early when she would get to the classroom, and then we'd stay a half an hour after. But, like, generally speaking, like, you know, mom, mom did a majority of the heavy lifting at home. Um, and I think about that as it applies to the situation and the environment that we have with these kids, and it is different here. Um, yeah. And, and I think, uh, I love my dad. To, I love my dad to death and, and I know the sacrifices he made for the family. Right. Um, but my sacrifices are a little, a little bit different, a lot the same, a little bit different. Right. Um, in the sense that, you know, my dad is now retired and my dad spends time with the kids and I see my dad almost making up for lost time. Yeah. When I was my son's age, yeah, with my son, which I think is really, it's really cool to see. It's really interesting. I get fulfillment out of it. Um, I was going to ask I'm, though, does it also make you feel a little jealous? Like, where were you? Like, I would have loved to have gone bowling with you when I was, you know, five, or like I would have loved to have because I, I agree with that. I see that in a lot of grandparents that whether it was a conscious like when I retire, then I'll be involved in my kids' lives. And you realize that doesn't work. The simple math on that doesn't work. And so they're making up for it. But that puts the dad in kind of a, an awkward situation like, the, like yourself. Yeah, it's, it's interesting, right? Uh, you know, you can, you, can, you can pick a route on that one. Uh, yep. I, I picked the route of like, man, I love seeing my dad so happy. I love yeah. seeing him, I love seeing him uh, so engaged with my kids. Um, and he was with my sister and I, when we were kids, he just worked a lot. And, yeah. and I give, again, I mean, I think like that's maybe a little generational as well. Yeah, I agree. Um, I agree. And my mom, my mom raised my sister and I with help from my dad, of course, but my mom really raised me to be like, uh, a pretty progressive dude. Um, so like, uh, I was making my own school lunches when I was in like third grade, right? Like, look, you want to eat? Here's the, here's the peanut butter and jelly, bro. Yeah. Like learning how to iron, learning how to do the laundry, learning how to do a lot of things that I, I, I think like guys in, in my, in our parents' generation probably were not taught to do. Right. Um, and that's, it's definitely paid off i guess i mean i can yeah. do all these things i can yeah. like you know th- there aren't there aren't gender traditional there aren't traditional roles that that get played at my house 
That's what I was going to ask is like, are you and Kate kind of 50, 50? Is it like you're more cooking and she's more laundry or is it just kind of like, Hey, what's today? This has to get done. I can take this. You do that. Yeah. It's kind of by committee, right? Like they're the, 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 the kids really kind of dictate what the roles are a lot of the times. Right. Um, Okay. Some days, some days my daughter doesn't want to be in the same room as me. So that prohibits me from doing the hand-to-hand combat, you know, like the, yes. that thing. So then I'm then I'm doing doing stuff in the kitchen or whatever, right? There are some there are some like specific activities that are like they do those with, with dad. Yeah. Um, and the the same with Kate. But yeah, I mean I, I think like we take pride in the fact that they're really we 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 don't adhere to you know, the age old, like bullshit. Sorry. Yep. No, swearing. that's uh, it. That's the reality of it. We just don't, we just don't really subscribe to that thinking around these parts. And, you know, I would imagine based on your personalities, even if it wasn't maybe more, I, I think that's more of the cultural norm than it ever has been, but it just seems like that was not built into you guys. So it's really nice that you found each other because it, it would be tough if the other partner was like, no, you need to be this thing. Like, I need a clean house. You have to be the one that cleans it. I'm going out to, because that, man, that, that's some great tension point right there. Yeah, and I think, like, we have been fortunate enough to, to look at, between Kate and I, to look at our strengths and our areas of opportunity. And for the most part, if there are things that neither of us really can manage or do, we pay people to do those things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And again, that's from a place of privilege, certainly, because it does allow us to spend a lot of time with the kids. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah. agree. Um, you talked about, you know, your dad worked a lot. Clearly, I think a lot of people generationally, that's the way it was. Um, was there ever, did you ever get the sense like, you know, dad is like, man, I would love to be there. I just can't. Or was it just like, there was kind of like an understood, like you knew dad loved you. That was fine. He's going to do this thing. This is just the way it's going to go. Yeah, that, that, that's the way it was. It was the latter, right? Like I knew my dad, I, I never once and have never questioned my dad's yeah. love and dedication to the family. I knew from a very early age that my dad was gone when I woke up in the morning. And he was home, depending upon the seasonality, because my dad was in agriculture. Uh, okay. Six and seven every night, for the most part. Wow. Yeah. So as a young kid, you're like probably getting put down to sleep seven, seven thirty. There were a lot yeah. of days I saw my dad for like fifteen, twenty minutes. Right. What I tried to do as a dad, what I try to do, is, you know, I I, I have a I have a pretty intense job. Um, but my job gives me the ability to work super flexible hours. So often days I'm up at five and I'll do my morning routines. I'll feed the dogs, do all that stuff. I'll work from like five thirty to seven. And then at seven o'clock when the kids wake up, I'm shutting the computer down yep. and I'm spending with the kids from seven to eight, making them breakfast, doing the stuff. And then they'll head out to school at eight and I'll work from eight until, you know, well, my daughter came home at like one thirty today. Uh, but, <laughs> but like, but normally, 
Yeah, but like then I'll work till three and I'll spend time with the kids from three to eight. And yep. then depending upon the workload, maybe I'm cracking my computer back open from from nine to eleven or something like yeah. that. So yeah. I think an, a big element of that is like flexibility and technology that has come with the evolution of work, right? That's such a great that's such a great concept or such a great reminder too. I mean, if you look at evolution wise, the way work was, right? It went from manual labor working in fields to okay, machines and tractors making that easier to, you know, lots of farms, lots of produce. And now now people can just come to one market and now that market is air conditioned and now people can work. So it's like the, the, there is a shift of workload and work life. And of course, you know, 2020 blew all that up in terms of work from home and all that. Was there anything that your dad did specifically that you have incorporated that you're like, my dad always you know, read a story at night or did, you know, took us out, you know, on our half birthdays. I don't know if there was anything from that that you have consciously tradition wise or even ethos wise that you've brought into, uh, dadding. Yeah. My, my dad, my dad was like always really vulnerable. Um, wow. Yeah. Which like you meet this guy and you would be like, no way. Right. Or, or you'd see him and be like, no, my dad was like, yeah, he's Paul Bunyan. Yeah, like collegiate football player, like pretty hardcore. Yeah, but, but my dad, like emotionally, is has has been has been advancing so much mm. in his adult life, and I think you know um, the one major thing that that I really tried to take from from my experience with my dad is that idea that like I'm I'm doing my best. And I understand that like, it's not always ideal for the children, but the most important thing for me with my kids is being there mm. and being present. Right. Uh, the other thing my dad did that I still do today is I make my kids breakfast every day. That's so cool. What would your dad make you for breakfast? What was your breakfast of choice? Yeah. My dad would do, my dad would do bagels and oh. he would like, well, you know, back in the day, cause he was gone by the time I woke up a lot of times. Yeah. So he would get the bagels out and he'd put them in the toaster. Yep. And then it was always oh. hard for me to like go put the toaster down. And I like, love that. It's so thoughtful. Yeah. So I do that with my kids now. Are, you, are your kids bagel kids or what are they? Are the, my you... kids are waffle kids. Ah, oh, waffles are the best. Waffle kids. Frozen oh. waffles. Like it's, oh, yeah. It's brilliant. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, we're, uh, we have, so Ellis is eight. Loic is one and a half. So, um, and I'm, I'm the, the, uh, chef winner, not the bread winner, but the chef winner. And, uh, so dinners are for the most part on me, my wife makes, I, I will continue to reiterate. She makes an amazing black bean, uh, burger. Um, and she's gotten into enchiladas, but the burger's amazing. Um, and, uh, and so for breakfast, yeah, it's, it's waffles every now and then. Maybe like a, an eggy and toast. You pop a hole in there and throw an egg in. It's nice and quick. But I have I have found a renewed passion and love for the waffle. It was you know uh, there's actually this great brand Vans V A N S. Um, it's it's like there's like eight ingredients, which is great because at first we were like, oh, it's okay. We're just like throw these like you know whatever the Kroger version or Target version was. And then we're like, we're consuming a lot of these. And you like flip it around and you're like, that's a lot of ingredients that probably shouldn't be consumed at the rate we're consuming. So we switched it up. It's a little more expensive, but I think we'll live longer. So that's probably worth it. Totally. Hot tip. Uh, my son has recently discovered, uh, we got peanut allergies in the house. So it's sunburn. Ooh. 
Yep. Sun butter on the waffle, syrup on top of sun butter. Oh, yeah. Amazing. We do peanut butter and jelly on the waffle, actually. So a version of that. You're you're sweet, you're salty. Um, Yeah, yeah, the sun butter. How are you on sun butter? Are you bummed that you can't have peanut butter in the house? Do you go out to your car, like sneak it (laughs) like a cigarette? (laughs) Just packs of peanut butter. In my glove compartment, and I just like go out there with a big old spoon. And I Kate like, sees someone like on your on your lip. She's like, "What have you yeah. been doing? Nothing. Uh, Nothing. N- not, this is um, it's sun butter. No, it's not. Yes, it I is. Was, no, it's not." I was mowing the lawn. I find that like sun butter, generally speaking, tastes a lot like peanut butter. Yeah, so yeah. Really That's sunflower seeds. For people that don't know, sun butter is not a brand. That is a type of butter. Ellis had some in school because they too had peanut allergies in Brooklyn. And it was like, just the whole school just was like, no, it's just easier. Yeah. yeah. Same here. Um, what, uh, what have you found to be, you know, you, you seem like a pretty free going spirit. Your wife does as well. You guys are like, you know, let's move to this rad house with million pounds of wallpaper and crazy yeah. glass. And let's just try new things. Do you have any fears like dad wise that you're like, Oh man, I don't want to mess this up or I'm, you know, Every time you hear a siren, you're like, that could be my kid. Like, is there anything like that? Or is it just like, it's going to be what it's going to be, man? Yeah. Um, I'm a, like, I'm a super anxious person. Okay. In general, I, always have been? Always have been. I realize okay. that's like a very 2021 thing to say. But like early on, we identified that I got anxious about really random things. Okay. Um, and have like worked through it in towards my adulthood. And I still get into like, you know, the COVID thing has been challenging to say the least for, for people okay. that deal with anxiety. But I very early on, a couple months in, um, I made a conscious decision that if I worried at the rate that I was worrying about the health and well-being of the child, that I was going to have a massive heart attack at 33 years old. Um, Just one more thing to worry about, by the way. (laughs) So I did my best to kind of compartmentalize what that looked like. Right. And the other Mm. thing I would say that was a a pretty big unlock for me is, you know, when we had our first is like a porcelain baby. Right. Yeah. (laughs) We were just like, neither of us knew what to do. I had read like a chapter of a parenting book and I was just freaked out. And, um, I vividly remember it's like, etched in my brain. I remember the nurse coming in to give August his first bath and she handled oh, yeah. dude like he was a freaking football. Right? Yes. Like, yes. hundred percent. And I was just standing there like, and she looked at me and she's like, don't worry, sweetie, you won't break him. And I was like, ah, stage advice, right? Needed to hear that. Yeah. Um, so that's what I've kind of tried to instill in the way we're doing things. I will say that my wife and I went out to dinner a couple of weeks ago for the first time in 18 months to an actual restaurant and the whole thing. I saw on your social, you guys both looked great. <laughs> and we, and we, uh, we came home and we round this corner to our, to our house and I see uh, oh, cherries. siren lights. Yes, yeah. I see siren lights and I see a lot of them and they are parked right in front of my home. And there's like a blockade up about a half a block from my house. So I put the car in park. My wife gets out and sprints towards the house because we had a babysitter. I frantically call the babysitter. She doesn't answer because I see like Uh, hook and ladder fire trucks 
And the worst thing, you know, you know oh. where your brain goes, right? Yeah, of course. Any anybody, uh, even if you didn't struggle with anxiety, that would be the natural. Like there are fire trucks in front of my house. Clearly, something's wrong. My house is on fire. My kids and the babysitter and dog. Everybody's died. Trapped inside. Yeah. They're gone. What's life going to be like without kids? Right? Yeah. Like, yeah. Escalation in yeah, like so fast. Seconds. Um, it was a car that had like drove into a tree across the street. But that was really the first time as a parent where I was like, what if, what if I lost them? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that was like a pretty, in, pretty intense experience that I've tried to process through and let go. I think it's sobering. I think those moments are kind of like, you know, thank God that wasn't the case. And, and that was just, you know, it was something simple and hopefully, you know, whomever was in the car is safe and, and all that's okay. But you know, you, you know, there used to be, and I think it's coming back again, there used to be more, you know, there's school shootings, right? Or like people are getting, all these type of things. And, and, you know, that, those moments for me are so sobering because you don't know, right? Like you don't know if you're coming home, you don't know if your wife is coming home, you don't know if your kids are coming home. And we just take all that for granted so much because for the most part, we're in a very safe area. We're in a safe society. Our life is kind of that way. And so those moments are so like, whoa, you know, there's a couple times that I've like been on my phone and I am, you know, I have no problems with the phone. I live on the phone. Like I get most of my work done on the phone. The phone is a great thing. But there are times that I, I'm outside and I'm on the phone and, you know, and all of a sudden I'm kind of like maybe Loic's wandering toward the road or something. And I'm like, okay, first off, do I want to be the guy that like, I was on my phone when my kid got hurt? That would be awful. Or secondly, just the reminder that like, why am I, why am I getting rid of this moment? You know, and sometimes you have to be, I get it, you know, but those, those moments for me are, are really kind of like, all right, I need to be better at disciplining myself, work when I can work and be present when I can be present. You were talking about being present. And I think there's a big difference between being there and, and being present. I talked to one dad and he was talking about, you know, it was, it was actually two weeks ago. Um, the, uh, the guy from the dad, he's, he's the, the head of the dad. And he was talking about there, you know, he's like, shout out to all the, the single parents out there. But he said, there's plenty of married couples who are functioning as single parents because the, the mom or the dad is, is simply not present, even though they're there. So I know you talked about that earlier. I, I imagine that brought this new waft of just kind of like, let me hug my kids again. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, both of our kids are now in, in preschool setting. We held them out last year and, and uh, went to drop them off the first day. And it's a wonderful little neighborhood preschool, you know. Um, but when I, I had a harder time than they did, of course. Yeah, yeah, of course, always. Like, There's lots like, of tears and sometimes it's the kids. <laughs> right. They're like, dude, I've seen you every day for 18 months. Like, <laughs> Please leave. See you, man. Um, but yeah, I mean, there is, there is like that element of like, you know, you're, you become so accustomed to always having your kids in eyesight um, or having them with a trusted nanny or something of that nature. Yeah. Right? You open them into a new environment and there is a little bit that needs to be processed um, about like, all right, you just have to have faith in the fact that they're going to be okay. And, and children have been doing this for hundreds of years. So yeah, uh, 
they're they're going to be a messed up kid if you don't let them go to school. Yeah, no, true. It's like worse off. Any uh, tips for dads who are trying to kind of walk that line of full-time, busy business professional and also be involved? Are you really disciplined about, like you said, like computer shuts? Are you able to like partition that off? Or, you know, is there still in the back of your brain, you're like, oh, I got like, I need to hop over to this call real quick. And like, hey, kids, sit on the couch for a second. Because that's hard. Work from home, plus being in the, in the, in the level that you are, you're practically running a business, at least from the marketing standpoint. And so there's so many things that go into that. So any tips for kind of like those distinctions? Yeah, that's, that's another really good question. Um, I, I think establishing, establishing those boundaries um, is critical. And I think that the, the step that comes before that is, is bringing like your whole self to work. Mm. Um, and, and what do you mean by I, that? I've always tried to do that. Um, in the sense that like, I don't have the brain power to try to create a persona of me at work and me with my wife and me with my kids and me yeah. on the internet. Like it's like, <laughs> it's all the same Yeah, for me. Yeah. Um, that's obviously not always daisies and sunshine by any sense of the imagination, but, um, I try to lead with vulnerability and empathy first and understand that when people show up at work and it's been fully and literally illustrated in this situation, uh, a lot of us have been in for the last 18 months of, of like, you have a life outside of work. Your life outside of work is more important than your life inside of work. Yeah. In in my opinion. And that's the way I try to lead. Um, is, is, is knowing that people bring different versions of themselves on a daily basis, uh, predicated off of what happened when they weren't on the zoom call. <laughs> and, Interesting. And I think, That's a good word. Um, I, I try to just be open and honest about where I'm at on a daily basis with my team and, yeah. and my counterparts and try to establish like a, a really accepting place where you don't always have to be a hundred percent because yeah. it's not possible in my experience to be a hundred percent at all of them. Uh, but if we can, if we can find a balance between, you know, giving it everything, giving it everything you have and leaving some time for yourself, uh, that's, that's take it back a couple questions. Like I definitely in, in early fatherhood did lose my sense of self. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm an avid road biker. I'm, I'm bicycle. I'm, I'm riding my road bike 350 miles next week. Uh, Is that the post? You said something like more information on this tomorrow. It's okay. Okay. I was uh, like, is he, is he moving positions? I even looked on LinkedIn. I was like, is he, uh, is he, cause I know you're passionate about biking. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I'm a big biker. I'm doing this big ride next week with my buddy, Eric, um, 350 miles from Minneapolis, St. Paul up to like the north end of Lake Superior. Um, if I was if biking, we, I would not be going north. Yeah, from St. Paul, I'd be going, can we, can we warm up a little? Can we get out of here? It's going to be like a leaf peeping trip. Oh, it's <laughs> going to be amazing. What a, what a great way to, to experience fall too. Yeah, it's, it's definitely my, my favorite season. And I think it is, it is probably the first time in, in five years since we've had kids where I've taken a week and I'm not going to work. Uh, 
and and I'm not going to have my kids with me. So it is a week for me. But but I I I, I say that because I have this really rad road bike that I bought before I had kids and bells and whistles and all these things. And I put it in the storage unit the summer that my, my son was born and it sat there for three years. Wow. Um, and that was a big part of who I was. That was my number one hobby. And I, I let it go for three years and I, I certainly like, I certainly don't regret that. Um, I think it was necessitated. It, It allowed me to be, very present um because i didn't have the thing that i did on saturdays and sundays for three to six hours right yeah it's prime time with the kiddos yeah Um, yeah that's true um but i've been able now my kids are you know five and coming up on four where like i can now reintroduce that into my life so i think like to, to new dads i would say like certainly like don't turn down your buddies when they want to grab a beer. Cause I did that too. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Like take a break. <laughs> yeah. That's um, good. Like don't, don't like build a concrete, you know, fortress around your little house. Um, there's, there's, there's relationships you should hold on to and they become even more critical um, as you go through the stages of fatherhood and life um, to have that consistency of, of homies that knew you before, right? That, that, that remember when you were fun. <laughs> totally. <laughs> they can remind you, dude, yeah, you are yeah. a cool guy. Remember yeah. we did all these things and that was fun. And you need that because you're going to pass that on to your kids. I mean, we talked yeah. about that before. It's like, that is an essence of who you are. These are the stories that, that make you up and you can pass that on to your kids. Um, and you do them a disservice if you're not a hundred percent you. Yeah, it keeps you fresh, keeps you who you are. Like, I always say to my kids, like, you know, back when I was traveling a lot, um, and, and, and that went up right until the pandemic. I was, I was not here uh, regularly um, yeah. for, for that part. But once they got old enough to understand that when they saw a bag by the door, it, mean dad, it meant dad was going away. I said, you know, like, there, there, there's a reason I do this. It is part of my job, but it also fills me up, right? Mm. Like I get inspiration when I, when I go to New York or I'm in, or I'm in Japan or something. And it's yeah. always work, but it makes me a better dad. Yeah. Um, so that's something I try, I've tried to kind of instill in the kids. Like, you know, the, I like to approach it in the sense that like, I just want them to have the best ver- version of me, like you said. And, and that for me... That means being super engaged in my, in my job um, and, and, and seeing art and traveling and, and doing things with my wife. And I think the earlier you can, you can help the children understand that, then there's, a, there's a, a, a more fair expectation from the kids. Because if you set a precedence out of the gate that they're never going to have a babysitter, yeah, that's going to hinder... That's hard. It's going to hinder your marriage, number one. Yeah, yeah. It's also going to it's going to hinder like your own self of being with with your community. Dude, dropping some truth bombs. I was going to ask for dad advice, but you just you beat me to the punch. That was amazing, and I love because that's all stuff that can start from new dad all the way up to you know dad with kids in college to dads with kids that are married. I love that your dad is evolving. You know, like more like you're talking about, kind of more emotionally aware. 
I think that's something that we as as dads can be doing too, right? It's just like these small steps of like, how am I growing? How am I getting better? At the end of each season, I look back and I think, okay, through all these interviews, what have I, what am I, how am I growing as a dad? And I kind of reflect on that and, and try to think about those things. And usually it's incremental. Usually it's really small. It's nothing major. Um, but having that type of of advice and you know coming back weekly and having these chi- these chats and conversations is always like talking to your personal trainer a little bit like okay what are you working on oh yeah like oh yeah I need to get better about my squats you know I got it these types of things I think I think like having the opportunity to be a dad has made me uh, such a better person mm. period right like it, it how's it I mean, how's it made you a better person. I just, I wasn't, I wasn't one of those guys that like, like, and I, and I mentioned this before, but like Kate and I didn't have the dates and gates involved in like our relationship and kids and house and this thing. And, and I, I always liked spending time with kids. I coached, I coached baseball and swimming growing up. And, and I always said, and I, I hold on to the fact that like, if the marketing thing doesn't work out for me professionally, I'm going to go back and be a kindergarten teacher. Cause I have passion for that. And your um, mom was a teacher, right? Mom, so there's that's in the blood. Yeah, grand, both my grandfathers were teachers. Yeah. Oh um, man, look at that. So I think uh, I think it's just it's it's just so incredibly humbling to have the opportunity to be a dad and to try to hold everything else together at the same time has been one of the most challenging and rewarding experiences of my life. We have Professor Joe Peters teaching life it's in his blood it's in his life here thank you for attempting fatherhood my man of course man thank you so much for having me this was great hey guys thank you so much for listening to attempting fatherhood my whole hope with this is that we build a community that encourages dads and that brings new information to the table and and gets you excited about living your life doing what you're doing If you have felt that way, please make sure you rate us on Spotify, on Apple. Just rate us. Give us some stars, hopefully five. And make sure you share this. That's equally important. It's a great way to build community, to share this information with other dads. You know, start a text chain, whatever. That helps us. That helps you. We grow this community and all that. Thanks again for listening. Make sure you're following us on Instagram at Attempting Fatherhood. Again, thank you so much and have a great day. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.